The Old Testament book of Genesis is a book of beginnings. Trent Griffiths says that certain themes in Genesis are nothing more than the good news of the gospel. Why would a holy God go to the trouble of creating man? Out of his grace and out of his love, he wanted to set his affection on them. He wanted to live in intimacy with them. He wanted relationship with them. And God blessed them. To be blessed is to to live in favor with God. One of the most epic words in the Bible, blessed. And you know what happened? The blessing was traded for a curse. There's only two types of people in the world, blessed or cursed. The Bible should have ended, but it didn't. God went to work in order to redeem them, in order to restore the blessing. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. This week, we're starting a new series right here on Resonate, and the title of this series is Epic. That's right, Epic. Hey, Phil, can you give me some reverb when I say the word epic? Ready? Our series we're starting today is called Epic. So an epic, uh, you can turn it off now. An epic is a long poem or work of literature that tells a story. I don't know if you've ever read the Odyssey or the Iliad by Homer, but those are epics that recount the deeds of heroes like Odysseus. Sometimes we use the word epic to describe something as huge and really amazing. We talk about something having epic proportions, but at its core, epic implies a long, overarching story. You may be into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, the superhero movies. I think there are like, what, now 22 Avenger films that are out? In each one, it tells a story of its own, but all those stories, they weave together to form a larger, single story. Well, the Bible is sort of like that. It's really a series of 66 books that together form one beautiful story. And it all starts in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. So let's listen together as Pastor Trent introduces the series, Epic. I want you to open your Bible to the beginning. And we are going to begin an epic summer sermon series right now. It's going to take us all the way through the summer. And let me give you a little background and tell you the reason why we're doing this. Back in the month of April, I went to Israel for the very first time. And quite honestly, I didn't really know what was about to hit me. I hadn't really prepared for that trip. I just kind of inherited that trip as a gift, and and I got there, and uh, how many of you remember the first time you saw high-definition television? Remember that? I had a friend invite me over for a ball game. He had a brand new 55-inch plasma, and I sat about six inches away from it, and I watched a football game in a way I had never watched a football game before, and I said, I got to get me one of those. And uh, many of you have had that experience. Well, going to Israel for me was much like that experience. I am seeing the Bible in a way I have never seen it before. I'm reading the Old Testament in high definition. 
definition, and it's just going to be the overflow of everything that we're going to study throughout the summer. So we're going to study our legendary colossal ancient and ongoing story of faith right now. Now, in order to do this, this is a little different than marching through a book like Ephesians, okay? There's going to be a lot of narrative. There's going to be a lot of story. Would you just let me tell you some Bible stories here for the summer? That's what we're going to do. And the message is going to kind of be front-loaded with just a bunch of information. That's a little different. Normally, it's, it's explanation, it's illustration, it's application all weaved in together. And uh, much of our application is going to come at the end. And so I'm going to appeal to you, hang on. On, all right, and lean in. A lot of information coming at you. And by the way, if you are new to church, if you are new to the Bible, you couldn't have picked a better Sunday to show up because we're going to start from the beginning. And over the course of the summer, we're going to basically march all the way through the Old Testament looking at these epic stories of faith. Now, getting into this, let me give you some inter- introductory material. When we open our Bibles to the Old Testament, Do you understand we have to view the Old Testament the way that God intended us to read it? And so I want to start with some helpful information helping us to understand this. When we read the Bible, we have to understand the Bible only has one epic story. And we call that story the gospel. And so even though I've asked you open to the Old Testament, what we're about to learn is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason we know that is because of what the New Testament says about the Old Testament. I want to show you this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Paul, the apostle who wrote half of the New Testament, says this about his friend Timothy. He says, from childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. How many of you could say that that is true? That's your story from a child. Your parents poured into you. You had a Bible story book. You heard the ancient stories. You went to vacation Bible school. How many vacation Bible school graduates? How many of you, that was one of the best things that you ever did. And so Timothy from a child had heard the stories which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Do you see what Paul just said? What were the sacred writings that Timothy had? It wasn't the book of Romans. It wasn't the gospel of John. Do you know the sacred writings that Timothy had were Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah and 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles, the books of the Old Testament. But notice what the verse says. Those Old Testament books were able to make him wise for salvation through faith in who? Jesus Christ. And so we understand that every epic story in the Bible is simply a chapter in the unfolding story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said this in Luke chapter 24. And beginning with Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, and the prophets, those were the latter parts of the Old Testament, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures... 
At that time he was saying it, what was he referring to as scripture? It was the Old Testament books. Jesus interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning who? Himself. The books of Moses. The books of the prophets. And all the Old Testament scriptures were the story of the unfolding revelation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. This was after his resurrection on the road to Emmaus. He wanted them to know the stories that had been written about him. How many of you, like me, several years ago, were addicted to the television series Lost? Come on, it's okay, it's a church. It's just confess, it's all right. It's like, oh, that was, that was one of the best shows ever. And what made it so good? How many of you have no idea what Lost is and yet you need to go find out um, as an application to this message? Listen, the, the story was cool. It's about this, this group of people that crashed on an island, a plane crash, and you meet all these people in the first episode. But then what happens, what unfolds over the next seven years of this television program is you get to see the backstory of everybody on the plane and how they were all connected together. And once you finish the seven years, you sit there and go, oh, now I understand. And you have to go back and watch it again and waste more of your precious life on a television program. Do you have a favorite movie? You know what my favorite movie is? My favorite movie of all time, best movie ever made, epic story, never to be improved upon, is the movie Cars. Um, why are you laughing? The movie Cars. Second favorite movie of all time is the movie The Prestige. Do you know this movie? It's kind of a lesser known movie. Christian Bale's in it. And it's, it's this story where it unfolds, it unfolds. You're kind of scratching your head. What's happening? What's going on in the relationship? You get to the end and there's this incredible plot twist. And you have to go back and watch the movie from the start. It's a movie like The Sixth Sense. Remember that, that movie? Bruce Willis. And you find out that actually, spoiler alert, Bruce Willis is dead in the whole. And you're like, oh, I got it. You can't just watch it once. When you read the Old Testament, what you're reading is the backstory of our faith. And so if you were just to start with Genesis and walk through the Old Testament, you kind of scratch your head, what's going on, what's going on? But when Jesus rises from the dead, he says, now you understand what Moses was writing about. Now you understand what the prophets were writing about. And now you understand what the whole unfolding story of the Old Testament actually is. Every epic story in the Bible is telling the story of Jesus. Notice this verse in John chapter five, Jesus said to a bunch of hard headed Bible fatheads. All right. These guys knew the, the, the Bible backwards and forwards. And this is what he says. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Good. Thumbs up. Way to go. Keep searching the scriptures. But it's they that bear witness of me and they never made the connection between what God had said in the Old Testament and who Jesus was in coming in those Gospels. Um, what is this? Do, can you see what that is? That's an acorn. If you were trying to describe to your children what this is, and you had to use more than one sentence, how would you describe the acorn? 
It's brown, it's kind of hard, it's a seed. Listen, if you never mentioned an oak tree, you would fail in your description. What I fear that a lot of people do is when they read the Old Testament, all you are reading is about the seed and you never make the correlation that on the inside of this, there is a massive oak tree that is involved. And so when we read the Old Testament, you are reading about the acorn. It is the seed of what is to come. It's going to unfold over thousands of years, but it is the Old Testament like the acorn that is going to turn into something that is colossal. It's huge. It's massive. Just like the the oak tree that's going to come out of the acorn. And every epic story in the Bible is not only telling the story of Jesus. Every epic story in the Old Testament is also telling my story. If you're a person, have you ever tried to do one of those one-year Bible reading plans? How many of you are actually doing that right now? You're kind of reading through the Bible? Way to go. Keep it up. I did that early on, and it was painful. It, I still, to this day, it's like you got to read like three and a half chapters a day to get done in a year. And I'm like, I just don't read that fast, and I don't process information that fast. And so I would just get so bored, and you get bogged down in Leviticus, for crying out loud. And how do you get to the good stories over in 1 Kings and all the good stuff? It's, it's, it's a tough assignment. You need Every Christian needs to do that. It's like basic one, Christianity 101. Everybody needs to do that. But you will yawn your way through that unless you understand what you're reading is the story of Jesus, but it is also my story. Understand there are basically only four things that happen in the Bible. Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. If you understand that fourfold plot line, It will help you understand what God is doing in the unfolding story of redemption in human history. But it's not just that at a cosmic level. Uh, Matt Chandler calls that the air war. That's kind of way up here. It's kind of happening. I'm not quite sure I'm connected to it. Here's the way you get connected to it. Here's how that story becomes your story. And it is a fourfold move. It's this. God is holy. I am not. Christ is a savior. I've got to respond with repentance and belief, which leads us to this in 1 Corinthians. It says, now these things, he's speaking of the stories in the Old Testament, everything we read about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Solomon and the kings and everything that happens. These things happen to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the age has come. We are living at a time in history where we look back at what God has done in the lives of others. And when you read the stories of the Old Testament, here's what you should be looking for. The Bible is not a collection of inspirational writings. The Bible is not a collection of good advice. 
We're not looking for something to inspire us. We're looking for this. What is God like? And why does he seem so distant? And what does he bless? And what does he curse? And what is the significance of all of the blood and the blood lines? And why does God seem so angry? And what has man done to provoke that anger? And why does he continue to put up with us? And why do I continually see in the Old Testament these flawed human heroes that seem to snatch victory out of the jaws of death just in time so that the story keeps continually unfolding? Those are the questions that we have to ask. And then this... Every epic story calls for a response of faith. We are not interested in information. We're interested in transformation. I have to respond. Either I believe it or I don't. And either God will transform me through my faith or I will read it like a history professor reads some book about World War II. Really interesting, but that doesn't really connect to who I am. And so we have to understand every epic story calls for a response of faith. In John chapter 5, Jesus, again, was talking to these Bible fatheads. And he said, your father Abraham, that you love to talk about and talk about how you're a descendant from Abraham. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. Do you understand that Abraham lived 2,000 years before Jesus showed up? But Jesus said, he saw my day And he was glad. His heart exploded in connecting the dots between what God had promised and what God one day would fulfill. Later on in this chapter, do you know what he says? Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Here's a question for you. This will be on the test. Sequentially, who came first, Jesus or Abraham? Yeah, you knew. You were paying attention. Jesus said, before Abraham, I am. And in saying that, he was identifying himself as the, as the eternal God who actually created Abraham. Speaking of Abraham... We're going to talk about Abraham here for the next several minutes. Now, let me just prepare you for the next several minutes. I'm just going to tell you the history of the world in about seven to ten minutes, okay? 
And we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 1. Now, I'm just going to kind of summarize some things for you. But if you're new to the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, the book of Genesis, means beginnings. And of course, we unfold this story of the beginning. God created Adam and Eve. He placed them in a garden. He said it was good. He created man. He said it's very good. He said it's not good for man to be alone, which every wife in this room knows is true. And so God brought a helper to the man to fill in those gaps. And this is an incredible statement we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. And again, if you're just plowing through the Old Testament, you'll miss this epic statement. God says, he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. God blessed them. To be blessed is to... To live in favor with God. Why would a holy God go to the trouble of creating man? Out of his grace and out of his love, he wanted to set his affection on them. He wanted to live in intimacy with them. He wanted relationship with them. And God blessed them. One of the most epic words in the Bible. Blessed. How many of you want to be blessed by God? That's why you're here. That's why you scraped yourself out of bed on this beautiful day to come to church. I I want a blessing. I want to be in right relationship with God. God blessed them. And so God created this incredible environment for them to live in. And they enjoyed the blessing of God. But not too long after that, we know what happened. Adam and Eve were tempted by the serpent. The serpent said, did God really say you had to obey him in order to be blessed? And then she scratched her head. And sure enough, pretty soon we got an, an apple with a hole in it. And so do you know what they did? They forfeited God's blessing. They declared independence from God. They say, we think we can make our own rules up around here. And do you know what happened? The blessing was traded for a curse. There's only two types of people in the world, blessed or cursed. If you're a descendant from Adam, how many of you are a descendant from Adam? There's really no other option. It's, you, you, you showed up because God created Adam. They had babies, and here you are many, many years later. You are either blessed or cursed. Here's the problem. Your family forfeited the blessing, and they got the curse. The Bible should have ended in Genesis chapter 3. Your Bible should be three pages long. Human history should have been three pages long. Because God said, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And they did begin to die. Dying in the Bible is not the cessation of life. Dying in the Bible is the separation of God from man. You lose the blessing, you inherit the curse, and ever since then, we've all lived under the curse. The Bible should have ended, but it didn't. God went to work in order to redeem them, in order to restore the blessing. 
And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, one of the most significant verses in the Bible, it says this. The Lord saw, um, actually he said, I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now that may seem kind of cryptic in nature, but just think about it. Think about your heel. Would you rather have somebody whack you with a stick in the heel or whack you with a stick in the head? I'd rather, neither option sounds joyful, but given the two options, you can whack me. That sounds like it'd be less of a wound, right? Well, here's what God said. The offspring of the woman, Eve, her great, 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 great grandchild would be bruised on his heel by Satan's sin. That happened on the cross. Everybody agree that Jesus suffered some painful things on the cross? God compared that to somebody bruising your heel. You'll recover. It's going to be okay. And Jesus did recover. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And do you know what he did? In rising from the dead, he whacked sin in the head. He killed sin. He crushed it. He put his heel right on top of the head of sin, and he bruised the head of sin, even though it cost him the bruising of his heel. That is called Theologians love to use big multisyllabic words. Impress your friends with this. That is called the proto-evangelium. It means the first gospel. The first time we see the mention of the gospel is in Genesis 3.15. And so that begins the story of redemption. It was the first promise in the Bible. And so Adam and Eve have some hope and then they have some kids. How'd that work out? One of the kids killed the other kids. I don't know how much sibling rivalry is in your family, but hopefully they're not killing each other. But Cain killed Abel and their children ended up being train wrecks. And the Bible says it got worse and worse until we get to Genesis chapter 6 and God looks upon all these descendants of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Seth and all these people and God said in Genesis 6, 5 through 7, He saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart were only continually evil. Only continually evil. That fills all the blank space in. There wasn't any room for any good anywhere in man's heart. And the Bible should have ended in Genesis chapter 6. As a matter of fact, God sent a flood and destroyed the whole earth. But there was one man. And the Bible says that Noah found favor in the eyes of God. So the gospel isn't just something we find in the New Testament. Trent Griffith is telling us that the gospel is all through the Bible. That's an amazing thing to realize. 
The Old Testament is telling more than just the history of what happened to folks like Abraham, Moses, David, Elijah, and Esther. All these stories, they work together to tell one bigger story, an epic. We'll hear the conclusion of this message next week. Trent Griffith gave that message a couple years ago at a church here in Granger. And at the time, we went by the name Harvest. But just this spring, we changed our name to Gospel City Church. We meet on two campuses. Our main campus is on Hickory Road in Granger, and we have a brand new campus that just started in Elkhart County. If you're interested in visiting Gospel City for a worship service, start at our website, mygospelcity.org. You can click where you see the box that says, I'm new here, and that will have the information that you need for when and where we meet. Again, our website is mygospelcity.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Gospel City Church. We heard today that you and I are either under God's blessing or under His curse. Next week on Resonate, Pastor Trent will explain how it is that we can move from being cursed to being blessed. Don't miss it. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.